This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome to Sober Yoga. I'm your host for the show, Kate Bendel. And this show is for those of you who have struggled with alcohol in the past and are still maybe finding it a bit of a challenge, or if you are currently struggling with alcohol. Doesn't mean you have to identify as an alcoholic, doesn't mean that you have to be in serious, serious deep trouble, although it will may be helpful for you as well. It's for anyone who is starting to take a look at their relationship with alcohol and is perhaps curious or motivated to see if you can make some change. So my brief, brief history with alcohol is that I was in quite a a bad state with it by the time I hit my early 20s. and tried various means of dealing with it, the conventional ways that were available at that time. And none of it really worked, unfortunately. I did the rehab, I did the 12 steps, I did counselling. And yet for about 10 years, there was still a lot of very serious problematic drinking in my life. So what I want to talk about on the show is not about how those things didn't work, I want to share with you how I found yoga to be the pivotal, really, for me in giving up alcohol and giving it up in a way that I wouldn't say it was necessarily easy, but it was possible, which was a big win, Um, and what has gone on to lead me to have a life that there is no desire left in me for drinking. Yoga has opened a doorway into a new and rich and happy, positive, well-balanced life for me that I could even say now that I'm okay to have had that issue with alcohol because it brought me to yoga and yoga is now the thing that grounds me in my life and gives me perspective on all things in my life, not just drinking. So stick around and listen to the show if you're curious about how yoga views alcohol. And today in particular, we're going to be exploring the stages of dealing with an alcohol issue and and weaving into that some of the ways that yoga in particular sees what is relevant at which particular point on the journey and some of the things that we can do to help us depending where we are. So even if it's not for you, maybe you have a friend or someone that you love that is struggling with alcohol, uh, refer them to the show later, later, they can listen to this on the ORFM website, all the podcasts are there, because it can be a pretty gruelling thing, and unfortunately a lot of us delay dealing with it because it's not socially acceptable to have a problem with alcohol. We're meant to all be able to drink and have fun, 
And there's also a lot of shame associated with it. And the, the longer that we put it off, the actually the more entrenched it becomes. So if you are someone who's just at the early stages of just wondering if there's something not quite with your drinking how you'd like, I would really encourage you to stay and listen to this and really encourage you to deal with it while it's still a small problem. Um, because chances are, if it's, a, it's somewhat of an issue now, it is not going to solve itself. Alcohol is, by the very chemical nature of it, it's addictive. And most of us, if we are aware that there is an issue with it, the normal trajectory of that is that it just gets worse and worse over time until we actually do something about it. So what I want to talk about now is this kind of cycle that we can view this issue through it looks really nice it, it makes a nice circle but we're on air so you're not going to see that circle so I just want you to imagine that in your mind and maybe if you are someone with an alcohol problem at this stage you might be able to notice at which stage you're at because it is it goes through various phases and sometimes we loop back as well, which I'll explain later. So the very first stage is what we would say is pre-contemplation. So at that stage, you're not even thinking about it. You might be partying hard or you might be having a lifestyle that seems pretty great and there's alcohol in it and it's, you know, you might have hangovers Every now and then you might do something stupid or something embarrassing, but you're not considering or viewing alcohol as an issue for you. It's kind of what your mates do, or even if they don't, you're completely okay with what you're doing with alcohol. In fact, you're probably having a really good time. We all start there. And for some people that alcohol is never an issue in their life, that's where they're going to stay. They don't start to move into the cycle that the rest of us do. So the next stage is what we call pre-contemplation. And that can be really uncomfortable. It's the stage where you're starting to acknowledge on some level that something's not right. It might be you wake up in the morning after a, a night out and there's a feeling of shame or embarrassment or regret about what you did before and it's kind of a sickening feeling. It might be where you're starting to really notice that you're drinking in a way that's not quite the same as other people or there's some rising. It's like you could say you're conscious. We talk about how our conscience talks to us. It's that small voice that can sometimes get you in quiet moments with a, a sense of doom or dread or just saying, hey, actually, this isn't, this isn't quite as cool as you thought it was. Some people never have that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to have trouble with alcohol later. Some people seem to kind of be able to block that out completely. Mine spoke to me quite early. And it was never a nice thing. I never wanted to hear it. And most people don't who have got an issue with alcohol. It's the last thing we want to hear. 
because in many ways alcohol is serving a function and a purpose in our life and we're already starting to be attached to it. So hearing this little voice saying, "Mm -mm, maybe you need to cut down, uh, usually we don't welcome that voice, but sometimes it can be quite persistent. And it's at that point that some people are then just going to stay there and you could stay there for six months, you could stay there for 10 years. And I work with people and I know people who it's been, they have been there for 10 or 15 or even 20 years. They can live with the consequences, even though deep down they know this isn't great. And if they were really true to themselves, they'd try and deal with it. They put it off. It's not so bad. I haven't lost my wife or, or I've still got a job or I haven't crashed my car. Um, and, and they just put it off. If and when you're ready to take the next step, that's when we move into this step, which is called preparation. And this is a really important step that sometimes people rush over. It's like this, whatever it is, sometimes it's the final straw. It's like you just do something disastrous. Um, Often that's the case. I do a smart meeting, which is an online recovery-based meeting where people come um, and share their, their journey of recovery and pick up some tools. And inevitably, every week, there's at least one person on that meeting who has come because during the weekend, they did something they thought they'd never do. They've crossed some kind of line for themselves. And it's like, right, now I actually really need to stop. But for other people, it's just this very insidious, slow, slow climb towards a point where it's like actually now I'm ready now I need to do something now and that preparation it's a really good point in the journey that you get support so many of us don't most of us don't I would venture to say and it's that point that we start these plans these ideas I'm I'm going to stop drinking altogether is often a common one I'm just going to stop drinking I'm not going to drink as of Monday morning, I'm never having another drink. Or um, I'm only going to drink wine or I'm only going to drink on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. There can be very, many, many variations of that idea. So often it's done by ourselves, which is not a great start. It's a crucial thing. Like If you were going to plan a trip to climb some mountain, you would take some time to prepare. You'd do some research and hopefully you'd go with other people. You'd do it as a team. You would get support and you would get some guidance. But because of the shame that continues to sort of hover over this whole addiction field, most of us don't at this point, which I would say is one of the reasons why so many people on our journey have multiple, multiple false starts. Just from my point of view, I must have tried at least, I would say, 100 times, maybe even two, like I certainly didn't count, to stop drinking altogether. And it just never worked. But rather than getting help or trying something different, I just got stuck in this very, very negative cycle of trying exactly the same thing over and over again and just watched it not work over and over again. So what I would really want to express to you is this is a really 
important part on in the cycle where if you can it's the perfect place and time to get support which is often the last thing we feel like doing but if you can if you can reach out to a friend go to a gp look online there's so much online support at the moment whether it's through a facebook sobriety group whether it's through smart recovery recovery dharma there's many ways that you can get support online and it breaks that feeling of isolation which often goes with um, addiction and problem drinking and it also can you can benefit from the wisdom of others you can learn from people who have been before you who have made in the similar situations made mistakes that you might be about to make yourself so once you've done the preparation, that's when you take action. And usually we expect it to work. We decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. As of, we usually set a date and we try to implement our plan. And depending on what the plan was, depending on what your support is, will, and depending how entrenched the, the drinking is in you, will depend on whether you succeed or not. And in yoga, there's this idea that with the action, there must be self-reflection. Like the, even though when we're desperate and really want to stop something, we often get really focused on the goal. Like my goal is I just want to stop drinking. That's all that matters. Yoga has this idea of Kriya yoga, which means that the outcome isn't as important as the actual action and the second part, which is observing, learning, watching yourself. What happened or is happens when I decide I'm not going to drink and, oh, come Friday, I'm drinking again. Yoga says don't worry about the fact that you're drinking again. What is important, what the actual yoga is, is to learn something from it get back from yourself and watch what happened what were your triggers what was going on so that you can simply start over again and again watch what happens and I think that's a really liberating and empowering thing that yoga offers in the field of addiction that it's it's the process and once you master the process eventually at some point you will get closer and closer to sustaining your goal. And then after that, there's this really crucial part that can go well or go badly, and that's what we would call maintenance. And just even the sound of that, maintenance, it's not very exciting, is it? I mean, who enjoys maintenance? But it's really crucial. And this is the area that I see some people get really stuck and other people just absolutely fly, depending on how you look at it. So the maintenance is the time that, so you've reached, you've reached your goal. So for this, I'm going to say it's that you've stopped drinking. So you've put in the action and you've managed to stop drinking. But life doesn't stand still. It's not like you just, once you're there, that you're magically going to stay there. You're not. So what yoga says is that this is the point 
that we need to be super, super vigilant because often in achieving the goal, we will naturally put in a massive amount of effort. It's like we've mustered all our energies into reaching this goal. And sometimes when we get there, it can be like, ha, I'm here. Whereas yoga would say that this thing, this pattern of drinking um, in an unhealthy way, in yoga that falls into a thing that's called a klesha. And klesha is everybody, every single human on this planet has klesha's. And what they are, they are particular patterns that cause us suffering. Not everybody has the klesha of um, drinking or addiction, but they are in five broad categories. And addiction is one of those five categories. So it, in yoga, it's considered a fairly significant obstacle to many, many, many people on the planet. And what yoga says is you have this as a seed. It's like, you know, if you think of a seed for a plant, the seed holds the potential for, the, for a particular, say, tree to grow and bear fruit. If you have addiction in your life, yoga says you have the seed, the klesha of addiction is in you. And whether it actually blossoms and bears fruit depends on many things. It depends on your environment. It depends on your life circumstances. So some people might actually have that seed dormant and it never comes to fruition. But if, if you have addiction in your life, it means it has, it's fruited. And what happens is that like a tree which bears fruit, the fruit also has seeds. So not only when your addiction is active, you're, you're, there's addiction in your life, it's actually dropping seeds for more to grow. So when you get to this maintenance stage of dealing with your alcohol issue, Yoga says this is the most crucial phase. And what that's about is you're not putting all your energy now into not drinking. You've kind of got that sorted. Where your focus needs to be is awareness and watching and waiting for any of those seeds to sprout again. It's a bit like if you're a gardener, you'll know that if you have a weed – it's really easy to pull it out when it's little. It's almost effortless. All it is is that you need to see it and you just gently pull it out. If you leave that to grow for a little while, it gets a little bit harder to pull out. And if you ignore it and let it really keep growing, some it can get really tricky to pull it out and it can destroy other things in your garden at the same time. So that is what... Yoga is saying that's what you need to be doing when you've hit maintenance. It's about using awareness, and this is about yoga, so it is actually implying that you would use a yoga practice to stay aware of your own thoughts, your own feelings, what's actually going on with you, and if you notice something that is rising in you like a reaction to someone or you've been triggered by something nip it in the bud it's like deal with it when it's a small thing rather than waiting or ignoring or putting it off until it has a chance to grow and then you may you're at the risk of falling back into old patterns
There's this lovely little saying that um, I think sums this up really well. It's like you, yeah, you nip it in the butt. So, but this is implying that you've already mastered not drinking is an easy place for you. If you're early on in the path and it's still extremely difficult for you to resist drinking, you're in that stage that it takes a lot of effort even to get through one day without drinking, this is not for you. This is not what you're doing then. Early on, it's just about actually breaking the pattern of consuming alcohol. And it's a bit like that saying, you don't mend a sail in the middle of a storm. So for you, you're not looking for those little subtle things that are going on. You're just developing a new pattern which involves no alcohol. For people who are much further down the track of recovery, it can become this risky area of either life becomes dull and I have nothing going on except pining for alcohol, or I'm so sweet and I'm completely complacent and then suddenly it would seem out of nowhere out of the blue, you drink again. And this unfortunately does happen for people. It's like everything sweet, six months, a year, even two years, and suddenly it would seem that you're just drinking and it's a complete and utter surprise. And so this process of yoga would say what's happened is that you've stopped paying attention. And this clature, one of the seeds that was already there in your soil, had just started growing and because you didn't notice it or you noticed it and ignored it, it just grew and grew and then boom, there you've got this thing full on again. So it's a golden opportunity when things are calm to to take that, that self-reflection, that introspection and to use your practices that's what your yoga practice is for to, to maintain that awareness so I hope that is of some use to you and you can perhaps see where you are on the journey and see what part you sh would perhaps be most useful to be digging into and acknowledging that it changes and it's a cycle and you can jump on and off at any point so you have been listening to Sober Yoga with Kate, Kate Bendel. Um, I also work with people one-on-one, -on -one, which you can find the details for that on my website, which is Kate Bendel, which is B-E-N-D-A-L-L.org. And equally, find yourself a yoga class. I would really encourage you to jump into some yoga and doesn't necessarily matter at the start what kind of yoga it is. Just have a go, and if that yoga doesn't suit you, try another yoga. There's lots out there. And equally, thank you for the people who are contacting me and letting me know what subjects they'd like me to cover. Please continue to do that. This is a show that's hopefully helpful for you, not for me. So thank you for listening, and see you in a couple of weeks' time.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.